And a warm-hearted good morning. Welcome to Brunpend, where we tackle contentious issues that affect our Christian world on a daily basis. The topic for discussion this morning, godly sexuality and godly intimacy. Now, please note that the following program has an age restriction of 13 years old, and parents and guardians are advised that some of the following content are not suitable for children to listen to younger than 13 years. God calls all men and women to pursue holiness, to guard the marriage bed, and to do all things for His glory, including dating, marrying, making love, and pursuing sexual purity. He calls both men and women to protect and serve one another in complementary ways, But from the beginning, he lays a heavier burden on men. You heard me right. When Adam and Eve committed the very first sin, I'm talking about Eve taking the first bite, the Lord God called the man, Genesis 3, 9, and not first to the woman. God requires more of men in relation to woman than he does woman in relation to man. God requires that men feels a peculiar responsibility for protecting and caring for women. Now, with this being said, take note of the following. The Apostle Paul writes, and I quote, We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. Got that scripture from 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 8. In Numbers 25, the shameless sexual sin of one couple who was righteously speared to death led to the death of thousands more. Did God overreact or was the punishment excessive? We may recoil because we've grown so comfortable with sin and too indifferent before the holiness of God. Paul says elsewhere, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lusts like the Gentiles who do not know God. The Lord is an avenger of all these things. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 3 to 6. Again, Paul says, put to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Sadly so, our society excuses and encourages it at every turn. Sexual sin should cause an earthquake in our souls, awakening in us a sober fear of judgment and more profound cherishing of what the blood of Jesus purchased us for. Stay tuned this morning as Brunpen tackles the issue of godly sexuality, godly intimacy for married couples and what the Bible has to say. Don't slow go away. We'll be back with our respondents right after this. Ek het ook die bekende Greta Wiet genooi om haar gedagtes met ons te deel oor goddelike seksualiteit en goddelike intimiteit. Greta, baie welkom by Radio Kansel Brandpunt. Wat so jy sê, wat is jou verstaan? Wat is goddelike seksualiteit? Wat is goddelike intimiteit? Um, Weinert, ek dink is belangrijk dat ons verstaan, um, jy weet, as mens nou praat in, die, in termen van die hevelik, ek werk met so baie paarkies wat, um, wat recht daarvoor eindelijk Je weet, as jy nou op, op papier vir hulle gaan vraag, dan gaan hulle sê, hulle het eigenlijk nie gereeld seks met mekaar nie, maar hulle het ongelooflike intimiteit met mekaar. En dan krijg jy ander paardjes weer, wat sê, hulle het, hulle het eigenlijk een baie bezige 
sekslewe, maar hulle het nie een goeie intieme lewe nie. En, en dan besef ek net, dat ons het nooit geleer, dat mens kan seks hees sonder intimiteit, en jy kan intimiteit hees sonder seks. En, en ek dink in die hevelik, is het so belangrijk om te verstaan, dat as het praat van goddelijke seksualiteit, en goddelijke intimiteit, dan is ons verstaan, ah, dit is binnen in een verbond. Nee, um, dat, 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 dat seks en intimiteit gebeur per se binnen in een verbond, soos wat God het bepaal het, ongeacht wat die wereld sê, ongeacht wat die wereld sê, sy tendense is, en hoe mense dit wil verdraai en verbuig en so meer, dat, dat seks bedoel is, vir twee mense binnen in een hevelik, vir een man en een vrou wat getrouwd is met mekaar binnen in een verbond. Um, en jou seksualiteit is dit wie God jou gemaakt het. Met andere dit is in weese jou identiteit, dit is wie jy is, en, um, en dan in intimiteit is dit die wie jy is, wat jou op een baie vulnerable broose in een verbond manier met jou maat dan deel. Um, so ons kan, nie, ons kan nie seks en intimiteit bespreek, sonder dat ons heiligheid bespreek. Ja, verseker, ek wil nou juist vir jou gevraad, want ek wil het een stapje verder gevat het, want ons praat oor seksuele reinheid, uh, oh. en, en die toepassing daarvan in die hevelik, wat beteken ja. dit volgens die skrifte? Kijk, mense dink, baie, of ek hoor baie keer, dat, dat kattels, parties of my kom sê, Greta, maar in een hevelik, jy weet, um, kan daar nie iets wees, soos onreinheid nie want jy is ons nou getrouwd met mekaar, maar dit is nie waar nie, want onthou, ek kan, ek kan nog steeds met onreinheid en onheiligheid sikkel in my persoonlijke leven, en dan bring ek het in my slaakommer in. Jy weet, as ons lees, Hebreer sê, let the marriage bed not be defiled, it must be undefiled. Nee, so die hevelikspet moet ook rein en reinig wees. Colossense sê ons, terwijl ons hier op aarde is, sal daar drange wees wat ons wil oorheers. En as ons gaan kyk wat die drange beteken, dan is dit nie net jou vleesbegeertes nie, dit is drange buiten die wil van God. In Godse woord sê Colossense 3 vers 5, ons moet weg vlug van het af. Nou wijnand hier is die ding, dat wanneer ons getrouwd is, onthou die wereld al buiten, lever dees daar een boodskap wat sê, jy moet een spisserij inbring, you know, you need to make things spicy, in, in the bedroom. Yeah. En dan begin mense nou allerlei goeders binnen in hulle slaakkamer inbring, wat hulle nie besef, in die geestesdimensie, gee hulle eindelijk wetelike grondgebied vir die vijand. Want nou begin hulle te rond te speel op die veld en in die wereld van, van welis. Um, jy weet, as ons gaan kyk wat God vir man en een vrou gegee het, dan het hy vir ons een normale begeerte gegeen aan mekaar. Maar die begeerte is gebore uit de plek van intimiteit, uit de plek van heiligheid, uit de plek van verbindenis, en waar ek jou wil dien. Maar waar my vlees jou wil gebruik vir my plezier, of waar plezier die wegtrekpunt is, het ons God iwers verloor. Is plezier deel van Godse seksplan vir ons? Ja, ongetwijfeld. Hy het vir ons lichaam en anatomie so geskapen. Maar het hy het vir ons net per se dit gegees, sonder heiligheid, glad nie. So, um, in een hevelik moet ons as een paarkie ook weet, maar God is deel van ons slaapkamer. Jy weet, God staan nie een kant en sê, luister, gaan jylle nou een kant en doen wat jylle moet doen, ek, ek staan buiten kan dit nie. Hy sê, ek is die intieme God wat saam met jou is. Ooi waarheid is in 1 Korintheer 6, vanaf vers 12 lees ons, dat God sê, dat wanneer ons aan Christus behoort, leef sy gees binnen in ons. En dan sê hy, sal hy sy gees, wat nou binnen in my leef, dan nou verbind, wanneer ek een word, met die van een prostitiet. Nou, die Afrikaanse bybels praat van een prostitiet, maar dit gaan eindelijk die, buiten die wil van God. Dan staan dan hier nooit. 
Nee, nooit. God zal nie sy gees laat verbind, dat dit, sal met dit wat nie deel is, van sy, van, van sy God wees nie, van sy godelijkheid nie, want God kan nie sondig nie. So selfs in ons hevelike, kan ons God eindelijk uit ons slaapkamer uit boener, as ons in welis leef. Wow. in een onheiligheid. Ons de ouderdomsbeperking of volgens het programma is so, ons vertrouw dat uh, kinders onder de ouderdom van 13 niet luister nie, maar as ons het in die netedop moet sit, jou raad aan jong meisjes, die te sê toch die oude vrouw met die jonger uh, dames leer, wat is raad, zover het intimiteit in die seksuele, so jy graag wil oordra in die volgende geslag? Ek, ek wil graag vir elke jong meisje, was het maas wat nou luister en wat dit na dochter kan oordra, om te sê, dat die, die tendens vandag sê, Everybody does it, and it doesn't really matter. It's not a big deal. Maar die dag wanneer jy trouw, besef jy eers wat jy eindelijk prijs gegeet. Jy besef eers dan, en dan kan mens nie teruggaan en sê, jyre, ek wens, ek het het anders gedoen nie. So ek wil vir elke jong meisie sê, reinheid het een prijs, maar die prijs en die kroon is die moeite waard. Dit is absoluut, absoluut die moeite waard. En dan wil ek vir, vir meisie sê, dat, um, dat uh, jy, jy as jong gul moet verstaan, dat as jy een droom in jou hart het, van wat jy een dag wil hee, dan moet jy nou reeds daarvoor vecht. Maar jy moet vecht daarvoor in, in wat jy volg op Instagram. Jy moet vecht daarvoor in hoe jy aantrek. Jy moet vecht daarvoor met wie jy keier en hoe jy met hulle keier. Um, want hoe jy keier, hoe jy leef, hoe jy aantrek, hoe jy praat, bepaal op die eind van die dag wie jy as jong meisie is. En wie jy as jong meisie is, bepaal wat er jong mans jy na jou te gaan aantrek. So, wees jy binnen in Godse wil. Daar is een mooi gezegde wat sê, jy as jong meisie moet so diep binnen in Godse hart weggesteek wees, dat jou man van eendag glad nie by jou kan uitkom, voordat hy God eers ontmoet het nie. Wow. Mooi nie. Dis die hart van Greta Wit. Greta, baie dankie ook vir wat jy doen in die Koninkrijk van Heere op aarde en dit wat jy vir vrouwe leer. Baie dankie dat ons so openlik kon gesels oor een baie moeilike onderwerp en wat nie altyd in die openbaar bespreek word nie. Godelike seksualiteit en godelike intimiteit, specifiek vir die huwelik. Baie dankie dat jy jou hart ook met ons gedeel het. Groot plezier, Weinand. Lekke dag. Well, our second respondent this morning, and uh, a privilege to introduce him to the body of Christ. Vol Tate, please introduce yourself, just in a nutshell, your background, bio, and your involvement with the body of Christ here on earth, please. Leonard, good morning. Good to be with you and your listeners. As you mentioned, my name is Vol Tate, and I am a pastor here in Germiston on the East Rand. I have been for 18 years. And I am married to a godly wife, Nikki, and the Lord has blessed us with three wonderful children. Godly sexuality and godly purity close to your heart, therefore your willingness to chat to us this morning. Can I start by asking you, someone once said, why can't God just zap people with sexuality on their wedding day when he finally allows them to use it? Why give man and people in general, sexual feelings that they have to repress, some feel guilty about it, until the day that they get married and finally allowed to experience that. What is sexuality for? What is godly sexuality? That is a very uh, common question. And I think one way to think about that, of course, God is not vindictive, he's not sadistic, he's not a killjoy, he's not trying to make your life miserable. He's a good God. And related to that, Vainant, I believe that what what a young single person, let's say, 
has to understand is that their desires, even their strong desires in in the sexual area, does not go away once you get married. They may be fulfilled to a greater extent than before you were married, but they don't go away. And I believe that something a, a young single person needs to understand is that the Christian life, as we speak about honoring God, is not about having your desires met first and foremost. Uh, God wants you to honor Him, and God wants you to deny yourself and serve others. And so Jesus, for example, says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And so as you, as you think about your, your desires, uh, God wants to train you as a single person uh, to to deny yourself. He, he, as we think about one of the fruits of the Spirit, Vainant is self-controlled. Uh, that is something that we need to learn as a single person and that we need to exercise uh, in a way that honors All right. uh, God. So, so God, uh, part of it, I believe, is preparation. Now, when it gets to married couples, the yes. Bible speaks about sexual purity, and uh, what Correct. you've just said is so contrary to what the world teaches us. What then is godly intimacy? What then is sexual purity? And how does it apply to marriage according to the Scriptures? Vainant, your description is godly sexuality in marriage, and that adjective is very important. Generally, what we mean by that is that it is, Sexual uh, intimacy or sexuality on God's terms. In other words, God uh, sets the terms. Or a, a synonym would be biblical sexuality. In other words, it's terms that the Bible uh, sets forth. Uh, for example, Vainant, in, in Hebrews 13, we have this language in verse 4, marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. And there's a hint, uh, in fact, more than a hint, a clear uh, indication uh, for God's uh, standard of purity. That word there for undefiled is used three other places in the New Testament, and it's used of the Lord Jesus' character in Hebrews seven twenty six, where we learn that He's holy, He's innocent, He's undefiled. So His very character is the standard. In James 1, that word is used of our service of God that is pure and undefiled. And, and in 1 Peter 1, the last occurrence of that word, it's actually used of the nature of heaven, of our inheritance that is undefiled. And so, so yes, God's standard is purity. You've highlighted the word undefiled. I then want to say, so that means that we can defile the marriage bed. What does that mean according to the scriptures, sexual immorality that takes place in a marriage? What would you say to to married couples there this morning? Vainant, maybe just to preface the answer, let's just be clear that God is the one who instituted sexual relations, so they're good. Also, uh, God intends for us to actually experience pleasure from our our physical uh, union. Uh, For example, we read in Proverbs 5 about the wife, and God says, let the breast satisfy you. So God wants us 
to enjoy our, our relations, our physical relationships with our spouses. So, how then can we uh, defile the marriage? Obviously, Vainant, clearly, when we uh, violate God's purpose for, for a covenant relationship that is faithful, in other words, adultery would clearly defile that, or, or uh, uh, fornication. So adultery, of course, would be a physical relationship with someone other than your spouse. Uh, fornication would include all other sexual activity outside of marriage. Uh, but that's that's very clear. Maybe more subtly, Vainant, uh, we need to to realize that God intends that our our sexual union not be self-focused. Uh, we must we must be other person focused. So. So if we're selfish, we, we are not serving God and our spouse in that sense, and that, that's sinful. So, for example, it's interesting, Vainan, God says in 1 Corinthians 7, the husband must fulfill his duty uh, to his wife, and likewise also the wife to, to her husband. And so there, it's interesting that God actually mentions the husband's uh, duty first. So that would be one area if we... That's more subtle. One area that would be more subtle is if we are self-focused. All right. Uh, Another, I would say, is that the intimacy that we're speaking about, Vainant, is a culmination of a, of a loving relationship. In other words, um, we must delight in our spouse, Vainant, if, we, if we're speaking as men, uh, not just in a body. You know, she's not just an object. In other words, we must delight in a person as a whole. So in Proverbs, for example, uh, 31, uh, it says that uh, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised, and then the husband and the children are praising her, and the works praise her. And so, and also this, this oneness that God intends, Vainan, when it says the two shall become one, that's not just a physical oneness that itself in, in physical intimacy. It's also an emotional oneness, uh, a relational oneness. And so you don't just view your wife, if we can put it crassly, as a sexual uh, object. She, she's a person, and we have a, a whole relationship with her. All right, so and I want to I, I ask you the okay. question, because there are people that says, well, I'm staying faithful to my wife. Am I defiling my marriage bed if I bring in sexual toys, if I bring in role-playing, if I bring in pornography? Because it's not, sure. for, it's not for somebody else. It happens between my wife and I. What, is, what does the Word of God say? Where, where do we stand with regards to this before the Lord? Vainant, I'll address, try and address those issues separately, briefly, meaning pornography and then uh, toys. Uh, what I would say, Vainant, the Bible doesn't give us explicit instructions on that, but helpfully it does give us principles. So, for example, with regard to toys, in general, Vainant, uh, we mustn't do anything or use anything that would violate the conscience of either husband or wife. That would be one principle. Another would be nothing that that does harm to the the spouse's body. So anything that causes harm is is wrong. And then finally, I would say anything that does not repulse uh, your spouse, Vainant. Now, perhaps someone, because of their their past, you know, they they associate certain practices with, with a lifestyle of sin, or, or perhaps they were brought up to believe something's wrong. We need to be sensitive to them. So that's, that's toys, Vainan. 
just briefly again, it shouldn't repulse the other person. It shouldn't violate either's conscience, and it shouldn't do physical harm. Now, with regard to pornography, Vayner, I would say that's that's a no-no for sure, uh, because usually it's it's enslaving. As a so, this is where the principles come in again. It's an enslaving activity, and, and God's word teaches, like in First Corinthians six verse twelve, that nothing should have mastery of us. Also, Vainant, it is defiling, right? Because it's a, a sexual act or expression that's usually not done between a man and a woman who's married, yeah. and they're doing it publicly. And if you're participating in that, you know that is that is like adultery in the heart, right? You're lusting. It's usually associated. With, with lustful thoughts. And so I would say that's defiling for sure. And it should, it does have no, it should have no place uh, in the Christian marriage uh, yeah. bedroom. Well, the Bible says not to have passions of lust like the Gentiles who do not know Correct. God. So thank you for Correct. clearing that up with us. Sure. It's been said that when you and your wife close the bedroom door for intimacy, the omnipresent God sees and holds us accountable. Your thoughts? Correct. I would agree with that, Vainant. Uh, in fact, for example, in First Thessalonians 4, when, uh, when Paul writes to believers, he, he encourages them uh, to be sanctified, right? To abstain from sexual immorality. And it says, and you quoted from there, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. And then it says, because the Lord is the avenger. Well, clearly, God is present. And so, yeah, we need to understand that God is keeping us accountable and that he sees what happens and hears what happens, as it were. And so, absolutely. All right. We so we keep that in mind. So we have seen through scriptures then when sexual sin occurred, the, the price that the people pay is, is a heavy price that pay, they pay for sexual sin. So contrary Correct. to what the world teaches us today, if you have to put it in a nutshell, in this so-called enlightened age, Christian couples, married couples that's listening to you this morning then, if we can close it down, what then would be godly sexuality, godly intimacy that brings glory and honor to God? Your, your final thoughts, please. Vainant, in general, it's physical intimacy that is based upon what God prescribes and is laid forth in His Word. It's biblical. Uh, We don't go beyond what stands written. It's within the framework and the guidelines and the boundaries that God has established. So if it's pure, if it's it's Christ-honoring, if it's an area that we can say we're obeying God here, if it's that we're not being selfish because because love does not seek its own, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5. If we respecting our spouse's conscience, if we're not harming them uh, physically, as, as we've spoken about, uh, if, there's, if there's nothing that's repulsive uh, to us, then we must enjoy the, the blessing that God has given us and be satisfied and enjoy one another in this area as God intends. And uh, be grateful and thankful to the Lord God Almighty. Gift from the Lord, intimacy between a husband and a wife. Thank you so much, Pastor Vol Tate, for sharing your heart with us this morning. If people want to be in touch with you, where can they get hold of you? Have you got an email address? Yes, Vainant, it's Verl, V-I-R-L. So it's like girl, but with a V. That's the easiest way to explain it, Verl, at Grace 
www.church.co.za. Pastor Will, bless your heart. Thank you so much for joining us this morning here at Brunpant. My big pleasure, Vernon. Thank you.